what's up with you? And when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy of one man. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Afis, and with me as always is Devin, and we are getting ready to talk about the gold standard of wrestling, NXT, uh, breaking down all the matches that happened this week on the show. And we started everything off with the NXT Cruiserweight Championship matchup. What a way to start off this week's show. Um, yeah, just great, great show from top to bottom. That matchup, let's just get right into it. I'm just going to go straight to it because this, this actually was a lot of fun. Um, so Devin, seeing Leo Rush, seeing Drew Gulak up in this matchup, um, it was, it was a lot of energy, had me hyped from the beginning to end. Uh, what were, yes. what were your thoughts on this match, man? Cause I, I just was blown away by this. It, it was definitely, it, it started quick, very quick. That's how Leo Rush kicked off the match. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he just went with this, uh, immediately like drop kick, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, when Drew Gulak uh, got tossed outside, he just went out with a suicide dive and like it just kicked off quick. Uh, it was definitely fast paced, but you know, of course, Drew Gulak, being a submission artist, definitely slowed it down with his uh, uh, wrist locks and his holds and his submissions. Uh, definitely trying to ground him down. So I definitely uh, was definitely uh, cool with that aspect of the match. So I enjoyed it, man, hundred percent. Yeah, um, it was so the the initial beginning. It was Drew Gulak actually going for the the running drop kick. He missed, and then um, Leo Rush hit a a standing Spanish fly to him and tried to get the quick three three count, but he missed. But uh, it didn't happen. And then it was the suicide dive, and then there was a moonsault on the outside. And yeah, it was just like fast paced from the beginning. Um, a lot of technical wrestling from Drew Gulak eventually trying to you know tap out Leo Rush and break him down. Um, just and and power moves too, really. Since Leo Rush is so small, um, you got to see yeah. Jugu like use his strength and kind of t- ragdoll uh, Leo Rush a little bit in reversal attempts on like DDTs and things like that. Um, overall, though, both guys came out of this looking really good. Um, the thing that really blew me away about this really was you know, on on uh, 205 Live, there's a certain feeling like you could see these wrestlers have a lot of talent. You can feel it. You respect them, but the product doesn't yep. really show it to to be as as great as what it could be. It just kind of comes off as like a, a, a C show or C like presentation, really. But on NXT, like the Cruiserweight Championship, the now newly named NXT Cruiserweight Championship, it just is such a perfect fit, and it's like, oh my god, like I can't wait to see Cruiserweight matches on this show, yeah. like. And the fans respect the, it. the fans. It's perfect. This this crowd versus a crowd who you know maybe they were there for because what the tapings for two hundred five live. When do they take place? Or is it during like after? At, at first, it was after SmackDown, and then it started 
later, you know, put in the beginning of SmackDown, and then it went right back to being after SmackDown. Right. So, so they're they're basically an afterthought, either before or after the show that people are actually paying to see. Right. So, a lot of these fans they didn't come to see, you know, the cruiserweights. They came to see Roman Reigns or some of the other big names. Um, so it's like you know, it's hard for th- those fans to really get into it. They're not as invested as these fans that are showing up to full sale every week. So yeah, definitely this crowd is perfect for it. This is the same crowd that essentially were there for the Cruiserweight uh, Classic. You know, when the fans there really appreciated the wrestling there, really respectful uh, crowd, really amped up crowd. And yeah, it was just the same thing here, man. Really bought into it. Um, Leo Rush, it's just amazing. His his whole story, like when he first came into NXT, there was a lot of um, hype around him. And then he said one thing about Emma and that was like, at first, he was just in purgatory, basically, with, with the WWE locker room. Um, he made a comment about Emma wasn't ready for Asuka when she got released, um, which, you know, was in poor taste. A lot of the, res- the wrestlers didn't like that. Uh, Bray Wyatt, being one of them, you know, tweeted something out to, to Leo Rush about, you know, learning humility and respect and all that. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a rough patch for him. Then, you know, he barely was on NXT, got moved up to the main roster, uh, was Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece for a while, seemed to get over a little bit uh, with the crowd and with WWE, but then some backstage comments about him not wanting to, you know, do some of the things that up-and-coming wrestlers are supposed to do in terms of, like, you know, getting water for people and, you know, and just just being that support for some of the other superstars. Like, he found it demeaning, he said. Like, he came out and actually was addressing this. It wasn't rumor. Like, he put his name on it to say, yeah, I just I feel like this isn't, what I what I signed up for. And so he was gone and people thought, well, maybe he's just done with the WWE. And now for him to be back in NXT, the crowd at NXT welcomed him with open arms uh, uh, from the beginning, just chanting Leo, Leo and welcome back and just enjoying, you know, uh, his his performance uh, the week before. And now too again in this matchup with Drew Gulak, again, firmly behind Leo Rush and culminating all with him becoming the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion beating Drew Gulak. Um, just a hell of a story for for, for Leo Rush. Um, I'm happy for him, definitely. I feel like, you know, this is a new start, a new beginning. He has the look, and I think I said it last time that we talked about Leo Rush, of, of a person who has been through it and maybe has been humbled by this whole experience. And hopefully this has matured him, and he now just has a better footing with that locker room um, and just a more mutual respect with them. So I thought it was great. And I thought it was fitting, too, that at the end, Drew Gulak, when William Regal came out to put the belt on Leo Rush's waist, Drew Gulak came into the ring and snatched it away from Regal and kind of gave this whole, like, you know, at first it seemed like maybe he wasn't going to accept this. And it kind of was symbolic yeah. of, like, the locker room not accepting Leo Rush. At least this is how I took it. But then, okay. you know, Drew Gulak then looks at Leo Rush and then puts it on his shoulder and then kind of shows him that respect. Like, okay, like I respect you now. So that to me was almost like a like a, a symbol, symbolic way to represent Leo being welcomed in and finally respected. So, yeah, man, I thought it okay. was a great story overall. So, yeah, that's just my idea. I really enjoyed this. So that's why I wanted to go through the whole story and everything of where Leo Rush came from. Um, I really enjoyed this this whole journey basically that kind of culminated with this matchup so i'm gonna let you go ahead and jump in now what what, what were some of your thoughts on on that like the bigger picture aspect of it i thought it was a great visual man uh now how i took now how i comprehend uh 
based off when uh, Drew Gulak got in the ring and kind of interfered or kind of just grabbed the belt from uh, Leo Rush. I took it as he want like he's the champion. He wanted to be the one to hand him the belt, you know, since he lost it fair and square and uh, and basically just give him the belt and hand him, you know, since he is the champion now. So that's how I read it. But but I thought it was a, just a great finish to uh, a definitely a great story. Yeah, I can see that too. You know, definitely that is is one way to look at it, and is very valid with whatever that that is something we've seen in wrestling a lot, where you know the champion does want to be the one to to pass the torch or just to show that respect and not have it be somebody else. Um, you know, as a show of respect, especially you know, like on the indie scene, you'll see it in Japan, you'll see it in certain situations. Like it, sometimes in the WWE, you'll see it too. Um, so it was nice to see that show of respect. So I think that was definitely in there as well. And it's me kind of just reading into it a little bit more, knowing some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like it, it, it kind of, whether it was on purpose or not, uh, symbolically kind of represented the whole journey for, for Leo and his, his, uh, relationship with WWE and just, yeah, now him being champion. It, it's great. I think overall, just a solid, solid story. Yeah, man. I, I definitely agree with that. Cool, cool. All right, so um, yeah, we can move on from there, but definitely congratulate congratulations to Leo, congratulations to Drew Gulak too yep. for putting on a great oh, match yeah. uh, for for you know carrying the torch of the cruiserweight uh, as cruiserweight champion, and hopefully you know yep. more to come from him too because he's a really talented guy, man. I really enjoy watching Drew Gulak. All right, so the the next matchup that we had was surprise Rhea Ripley uh, showing up to go against Aaliyah, which. <laughs> When when Aaliyah came out, I was like, "Oh no, you're dead! Like this is this is not going to happen. Like, yes, you are getting destroyed in this matchup." Um, and yeah, it did it did not disappoint? But why don't you go ahead and take us through through your thoughts on Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah? Oh, this brief match of what it was, <laughs> I, I could okay, yeah, go through it, man. Go for, it. Yeah. for a few seconds because that's what it was, man. <laughs> just just straight destroyed Aaliyah, man. <laughs> Just, you know, straight powerhouse. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what Rhea, Rhea Ripley straight dominated Aaliyah. Just sat her down on the mat, kicking her, stomping her, doing a power slam, and it was it. That was done. She 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 did light work. And then as soon as it was that, as soon as she did light work, got on the mic, and just basically, I don't know verbatim what she said, but she was talking about Shanna Baszler, you know, talking about how she dominated all the ladies except b- besides her. She didn't, you know, she didn't dominate her yet. Yeah, it was um, the matchup real quick. Like you said, it. she basically dominated her. Um, the submission that she did where it was kind of like a, a, a sharp she was like a body slam. And she had still had her tr- triangle, had her legs in a triangle. Well, and- it's like, let's say you were trying to set up a, like a sharpshooter or a, a um, you know, a, a, let's just say sharpshooter, right? But with your arms, like she tied up her arms around Rhea Ripley, grabbed her legs and tied up her legs around her own arm and basically pulled her up and was swinging her around, like basically just like airplane spin style, swinging Aaliyah around with her legs just kind of tied up in a knot around her own arm. Then she slams down on the mat and then proceeds to continue to, to add torque to her legs, to twist her legs and like submit her right then and there. So she tapped her out. You know, and then, like you said, she grabs the mic and immediately just, you know, she gives um, uh, Shayna Baszler respect. 
you know, she's been the most dominant. And, yeah, she's definitely done so much to all the, the women here in terms of just dominating everybody here. But now I'm here. So basically putting her on notice um, that 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 time is over, that she's not going to do that to her. Yep. And, yeah, just setting up the matchup between uh, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. So I'm still we're, we're anticipating that. We know it's coming. I cannot wait to see that matchup. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was just a great showing for, for Rhea Ripley. Aaliyah has no business trying to do any kind of offense to her. So I'm glad they didn't even mess around there. They just kind of got right to the point and just had Shana, uh, sorry, Rhea Ripley uh, just dominate her the way she did. I thought it was appropriate. It was right. Hey, Aaliyah, I'm sorry, but you, you got to take that L. You got to get destroyed like that. Rhea is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is. It just has to be that way. Yeah, man, because she she is uh, definitely on the head-on collision of getting that uh that belt off of Shayna. It's gonna happen. Yep, I see it. I see the premonition already. Like you can't stop her because she is prime and ready. Like she is just a straight powerhouse, probably one of the strongest women out there in the WWE. And she she is just I, I love her presentation. I love how she comes out in her entrance, the whole wing, and it stumps her. Her whole wing position with her arms and then stumps on her uh, stumps with her foot. Love it every time. So yeah, man, she is prime. She is. She is. Like I cannot wait. Let's let's get to it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm just I'm ready for that matchup between Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley. All right. So the next matchup uh, that was actually before we get to the next matchup, I just want to bring up that they did have a little bit of a video package for Finn Balor, kind of hyping up his return to NXT. Um, that will be happening sooner rather than later. They haven't really set up a, a, exactly when he'll have his uh, first return matchup, but uh, just a little bit of a video package is showing his connection with NXT, um, how you know he how much he loves NXT, um, and just vice versa. So just wanted to bring that up because it was a pretty cool package. Um, so the next matchup though on the card was the was Brizongo. And it was supposed to be against the team Everrise, um, Matt Martell and Chase Parker. But yep. here comes, oh, man, what's the, what's the big dude's name here? J- Jackson Riker. There we go. Yeah. Jackson yep. Riker. Come, well, actually, no, we had to do this right. Because you had brought up wanting to talk about um, what had yes. happened uh, during the <laughs> entrance of Brizongo and a certain commentary person. So why don't you go ahead and take us through this, this moment? Because this was hilarious. So when when Brinzango is getting ready to come out, you hear all this construction noise, all right? Nothing. You just hear construction noise. Which actually was really annoying it. at first. I'm like, it was. It was. I like the sentence at all. Who is this? Who is this team that's going on? All right. All of a sudden, the music hits, and then you see their name pop up on the graphic, on the video screen behind them. And they're in, like, in this construction uniforms with the work vest, with the construction hats. And you got, you got, man, Fandango's awesome. You got him just gyrating his hips, you know, and he's slightly distracted by this girl that's right behind him. It kind of just rubs, rubs her hair and gyrating his hips right in front of her all of a sudden. And Tyler Breeze was like, hey, man, get it we together. Get it, it, it was just all oh, great, bro. <laughs> man. But then the best, the best Phoenix part. Oh man! So as as they're as they're doing their whole entrance, Beth Phoenix is like, "Oh man, yeah, they gave so they gave me some great information on how to keep my pipes clean." And Nigel McGinnis was like, "Metaphor." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, and he was like, "Like so, like so." I guess you completely don't understand metaphor, huh? Huh, Beth Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> and, and man, I, I gotta say this so. 
when 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 Beth when Beth Phoenix talking about you know keeping pipes clean, I instantly got the joke because it's funny. Me back in my younger days, you know, teenagers, I had this. Me and my cousin had this business we called. You know, we called it the cleaning pipe business. <laughs> Where is this going? What, what just happened here? Well, I, hey, hey, hold on. Okay, all right. This, I'm just, I'm just giving you oh the, the the story behind okay. it. All right, all right. We, all right. you know because we. We, you know, we, we always like going out, you know, going out with the girls and we like, hey, we got our appointments, cleaning pipes. My wife knows about okay, this. Okay, okay. You know, this is my past, whatever. Right. I was young and dumb. We like having fun. All right. And we called it, we called it cleaning. Yeah, we're going, I'm going to go clean our pipes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what about. that's what I said. Yeah. Oh you know, hey, our stock is up, man. It's good. It's great. Stock is up. So, wow. <laughs> so business is and I, and yeah and, and and you know and this was definitely my teenager days yeah, yeah. high school up to college and that was it but when i heard that i instantly had a flashback and just started laughing when beth beth mentioned about keeping her pipes clean and i instantly just thought like oh my god i, I didn't think i would hear anything like that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah flashbacks oh man Yes, man. Me, the joke just yes, resonated man. instantly because, yeah, the metaphor. I get it. Like it's just it's it's not an uncommon joke that people have made. So you know, it's just one of the, one of those things. Like it was it was funny in the moment when when they said it and everything. So yeah, it's just it's a it's a common joke. But hearing you like you just added a whole new element to it for me <laughs> with your personal experience with your own pipe cleaning business. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think that that's what we were going to be talking about on this. Podcast. I didn't think, it, but man, here we are because Beth Phoenix was talking about that. You know, hey, they gave me some great advice how to keep my pipes clean, and I'm like, and then Nigel McGinnis instantly got it because he, he was like, metaphor. Oh, I, I guess you completely don't understand what the metaphor is. And that's why she made another comment too, which she just still did not get what was going on. <laughs> like, yeah, they offered to give me tips on on and like to. <laughs> Like he said something about yeah, they really know how to use their tools, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> oh man, Commentary was great. What's going on? Oh man, Commentary was just gold. They was, was just gold. It, it was, was on point. It was yeah. so funny. Yeah. So yes, yeah. so so yes, yeah. so, yeah. so, definitely had a had a personal uh, reflection period with this when uh doing that uh that oh entrance. My God. <laughs> awesome yeah men at work entrance for sure it, w- it was a hit it was great at first it went from a being annoying to being the, the most hilarious thing that had happened on the show with just that little subtle thing with with Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGinnis it was great man I loved it um so yeah the match itself I'll be honest the match itself I was not that really into I was more like still kind of laughing about the joke and you know, it was, it was like that was what was most on my mind, to be honest with you. But uh, the match, it was it was solid overall. The Forgotten Sons ended up winning the matchup. Um, they're still trying to put them over, I guess. I don't know. The crowd was chanting, stay forgotten. They weren't really feeling, you know, the, the team. They never really are the crowd at, at NXT. Um, but the visual that was cool was uh, Jackson oh, yeah. Riker. Oh, Basically, man. again, going back to it a little bit, Everrise, that tag team was supposed to be the team going against Brizongo. But uh, as their music was playing, here comes Jackson Riker dragging the lifeless bodies. <laughs> like, literally looked like he was he was dragging, dragging them across the stage. 
And he had one on his shoulder. And he was literally dragging the other one across the, the stage, across the floor. And, you know, Connor's like, oh, my God, like, look at this. What the hell did he do? And so he's standing there. He drops the one that's on his shoulder. And then they play the Forgotten Sons music. And here come those other two guys. And, yeah, uh, Wesley Blake and Steve uh, Cutler. And, yeah, it just – it was, again, great visual. Nigel McGuinness is like, what a way to make an entrance. That's an entrance we'll never forget for a long time, which, you know, it was a great visual for that entrance for sure. So I did appreciate that. Um, but the match itself, like that tag team really just – Jackson Riker really is the the uh, the showcase. He is the person that, yeah, is. of that group, you know, makes the group even watchable. Um, their ri- in-ring work is fine. It's just I don't really care for the gimmick or them, but Jackson Riker, him specifically, doing stuff. He's a star, man. Yeah, he's he's got something. He's got something for sure. So I think I wish they would pay, you know, put more effort into him and even have him split off from the Forgotten Sons. Maybe have him even destroy the Forgotten Sons if they lose again. I think that would be kind of a nice thing for him to do to, to elevate himself. Yeah, man, I think that's a good point because – uh, we, I think we all see it. Everybody said, man, Jackson Riker is a star because when he, you know, brought out Everrise during their entrance, that was a great visual. Him just having one opponent on the shoulder and, and he wasn't having any help with that dragon. Like you didn't see the, you didn't see one of the wrestlers just, you know, kind of pushing his foot forward, trying to help Jackson no. drag him. He was dragging, dragging him. Like, Pure power dragging this dude, bro. And I was like, oh, my God. So I, I, I enjoy that. And the match itself w- was decent, you know. Uh, but like you said, I don't care for the Forgotten Sons, you know, Blake and Cutler. It's just I, I think all eyes are on on Jackson Riker. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I guess a, a continued feud between uh, Brizongo and – the Forgotten Sons is is in the cards for us, so we'll see what happens next week. If they announce anything official, it's not official at this moment. Uh, but we'll see what happens uh, coming uh, going forward. Um, they did have a segment kind of building up uh, Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, a matchup. Again. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, as, man, as many times as they want to do that, I'm, I'm fine. I'm down with it. So really excited to see that. Um, did they did they say when? Because I know they just were kind of. That's next week. Oh, next! Wow, that that's next week. I'm talking about. I'm like, how did you miss that? I saw that. I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember because I mean, it, you know, this being Sunday, it's been so long since I saw that. I just know that they did that segment, and I couldn't remember if they announced it officially for next week. But yeah, that that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. It says next awesome. week. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so definitely hyped up for that. I mean, those two, every time they wrestle, man, it's just you're going to see something special, some crazy high spot with these two dudes, man. 305 Live will be back uh, next week, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited for that for sure. Um, next- Let's go over predictions real quick. Who, who do you think goes over? Because <sighs> hmm. it's the rubber match now. Yeah. Something tells me Dominic Dijakovic is going to win. Something tells me, yeah, because I think that you mentioned about Keith Lee potentially turning heel, and they haven't paid that off yet. You know, they haven't gone that route. Maybe they've changed their mind and maybe are going in a different direction, but I feel like that that does make a lot of sense with the losing streak that he was on. Um, And he had a more serious tone to him in that last match. Um, So, I don't know. I feel like, and I think Dominic needs the win more than Keith Lee does because Keith Lee is over. 
Like, win or lose, I think Heatley is fine. Dominic Dijakovic is getting there to the point where, yeah. you know, he just he's putting on such great matches that it's hard to kind of, you know, deny it and, and, and not be excited when you hear his name now. Like, it, he's getting there. But he's not on the Keith Lee level when it comes to that. Like, Keith Lee is just way more popular. Um, so I, th- there's a part of me that wants – like, I'm rooting for Keith Lee. Like, every time I see Keith Lee, I want him to win. So if you're asking me, like, who I'm rooting for to win, it's Keith Lee. Who do I think they're going to book to win? I think it's going to be Dominic Dijakovic unless unless now they're they're going to try to start to push Keith Lee to, you know, one of these either North American or – you know, uh, uh, NXT championship matches, but there's already stuff kind of set up for those those belts anyway. Um, yeah, because Keith Lee, he won the last one, right? He did. He did. Yeah. So, so you think they just going back and forth, like just? I don't even. Fit. So when all of this started, Keith Lee actually beat Dominic Dijakovic before they got to NXT. So he does have. He's technically one up on on him, and in NXT they are. They're tied. They had the one no contest or the double DQ, I should say. And then um, our count out, I should say. And then, yeah, back and forth. It was uh, Dajakovic and then Keith Lee won. Um, but technically, because they did show that uh, previous uh, matchup that they had previous to them becoming or being in NXT as part of their yeah. video package. I feel like that Keith Lee winning that one, if he loses this, they're still kind of neck and neck. Because now it's it's two to two to two if you count that one, um, so I don't know. I, I I just there's something about this that makes me say they're gonna you know lean towards Dijakovic in this in this one. To, with me, I think I, I'm a, I'm gonna go man bump it. I'm just gonna say it. I'm, I'm gonna go Keith Lee. Cool. I, yeah, yeah. I think Keith Lee is gonna get the dub. You know, it's. I just have a feeling. I'm just gonna say that. I just leave it at that. I'm rooting for him. I, I like. I said. I I said Dominic Dijakovic. Believe me, as this is happening, I'm rooting for Keith Lee. I'm wanting Keith Lee to win. That's my dude. You know, I, I'm I'm 100 a Keith Lee fan. I'm just thinking about the the writing and the booking and what from a prediction standpoint. You know what they. I think they're gonna. They they usually book things based off of who needs the win more. And with Keith Lee being so over, they kind of are playing with house money there. They can do whatever they want. But with Dominic Dijakovic, it's kind of like the the crowd is like right there with really. But you got to think about it, man. This this is not the WWE network now. They're on the they're on the USA network, so it's different how they will book it from a network. I think. Well, yeah, but I guess to that point though, what's the point of having Dominic Dijakovic have these matches? Is it just? To put Keith Lee over, or are they trying to build Dominic Dijakovic as well? Well, yeah, I, I think they're trying to build Dominic as well, but uh, they they see they see the money in Keith Lee. Yeah, so they they'll give Keith Lee the win. Yeah, but I still think even though it's U.S. because this is it's USA, we've seen what WWE will do with superstars on the USA Network already with Raw and SmackDown, and it's not uncommon for them to do that kind of booking still where, you know, the money guy, you know, especially if he's not champion could lose a matchup like this against another guy who they're also trying to build up. Like it, it happens all the time with them. So for me, it wouldn't be surprising to see them have Dominic Dijakovic win this matchup, you know, just to help put him over in a situation where again, you have this guy who 
he can go out there, be charismatic, and look great in a loss versus Dijakovic, who if he loses, he kind of almost becomes, I, I hate to say it, but like another Cesaro in a way where, yeah, he's very talented, but, you know, can you I don't move think so. him up? you know, to, you know, that NXT championship status or North American championship status off of a loss. I don't, I don't think so. I think he just becomes, you know, just a guy, you know, if he doesn't rack up wins, you know, he needs to build his, his, you know, name on wins to really justify why he would get certain opportunities. Whereas with Keith Lee, the crowd loves him. They have the chance. He has the, 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 the amazing, style with his size like i think that people are bought into him regardless of his record but with dominant but what you just said that applies to keith lee too like he needs a win that that kind of certifies him to get that opportunity so i think this rivalry this rubber match should be saying like all right he deserves the opportunity now and again I, i think that's where i disagree because i feel like keith lee is over like keith lee is over with that crowd you can feel it that crowd will put him in main event matches because they just love him so much with Dominic Dijakovic. It's, it's more of like a respect because he's going against Keith Lee and because he can hang with the athleticism of a Keith Lee, like that's cool. But on his own, like if you put Dominic Dijakovic in a match with somebody else right now, I think it's interesting, but I don't think it garners the attention that a Keith Lee matchup with anybody garners. I think that there is a distinct difference between the two of them. And, and- yeah, and all the more reason why he'll go over. See, I, because again, because because you're saying the crowd, but you got to look at it's bigger than a crowd. It's it's the audience, the casual fans, the money. Who who, who they're going to cra- gravitate towards but, to? But, I'd rather see Keith Lee, you know, get the win and then use that momentum to see uh, what future opportunities he can get with that. Yeah, I, I again, I just we can agree to disagree on this, but I my my feeling on this is that. If they're, I think what they're trying to do with these two guys, and this is just my opinion, you know, I, I'm okay being wrong, but just my opinion is they're trying to build both of them. You know, they're not trying to just have one guy go over the other guy and then that's it. And like, all right, so, you know, Keith Lee goes over and Dominic Dijakovic, whatever. And, and so what I think is the best way to do that for both guys, because Keith Lee is so over, you have that kind of leeway to be able to say, even in a loss, this dude is just so impressive that he's 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 already over the the crowd loves him and the crowd is the money the crowd is the way that you when you say the money guy and the guy who can you know get be that cash person for them you know it's by winning over the crowd and he's already done that you know like he has the charisma he has it you know with Dominic Dijakovic you know he's got a a style for his size that is fun to watch but I don't necessarily believe that on his own, that he has that it factor that Keith Lee has. And so I hear what you're saying about, so if he has that it factor, give him the win. I understand that. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I think that the the that for Dominic Dijakovic, if he takes a loss here, there the the where we go from here for him, I think is a lot harder to then try to have him rebound, you know, and then still be built up as a star, you know, versus Keith Lee taking the loss and have him rebound and still be taken seriously as a star. You know, I just I just see that it's more of an uphill climb to build up Diamond Dijakovic off of a loss than it is for Keith Lee. And so for that purpose, I think it makes more sense to have Keith Lee take the loss because you could do what you were saying before, have him be heel, and that could really work for Keith Lee. You know, with Dominic Dijakovic, 
I, I'm not sure where you go from here post post loss to to be able to say, hey, you know, now we're still building you up in a certain way. Like I, I don't know. It's really I still building up because even from a loss, because they'll say because it's a rivalry, it will be something like on the level of uh, Sheamus and Cesaro when they had that. What was it? The best of seven series. It, it could be something like that you know, treat it as his rival. And even if he's coming off a loss, the commentary team will even downplay it. They'll probably put some, uh, you know, let him know, like, hey, even though it's a loss, you know, he still has the accolades. So I don't uh, think he'll... specific with it. So Dominic Dijakovic, well, okay, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, right? You hear that and you get excited, right? Yeah, yep. Dominic Dijakovic versus Adam Cole. you know i mean that that's kind of where i'm going with this is that look dominic dijakovic beating keith lee and then going against adam cole and saying hey you know i just went through this crazy series with keith lee and i won so obviously i've earned something here so for me it's like it's easier to get people to say hey dominic dijakovic off of this win you know it makes sense to put him in a main event matchup right off the bat and for keith lee he can go on and face off against pretty much whoever. And st- no, because that's my argument. So how does Keith Lee bounce back from that? Because but, I think he gets. I think. I think he. You know, well, if you're gonna well, say okay, so, let's dominate wins and he beats. Let me flip it. Okay, Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee. Yeah. yeah or or yeah. Matt Riddle versus Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, I, I like. I like either. Either, either way. See, for me, yeah. it's like I see the Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle match still feeling interesting off of a loss for both of those guys to be coming off of losses. You know, so I, I like that matchup. And I think that the the charisma of both of those guys, there's some instant, you know, excitement for that. For Dominic Dijakovic, it feels like, you know, he's, you know, I hate to say it for him because he's done such great work, but his character isn't enough to be able to get me excited about that matchup after loss. I'm thinking Matt Riddle wins that matchup and they're going to have to do some work for me to really get invested in him versus, versus Matt Riddle, uh, Dominic Dijakovic for Keith Lee. Again, his, his charisma is just there. It just like that alone, just take the belt out of it. So hold on. So you're telling me, so let's back up. So you telling me if, if Dominic has a, Five All Star match with Keith Lee, he loses. You're not going to be excited to see him. All right, now he's it's something like a redemption match. All right, he's going to have a match with Matt Riddle. You're like, uh, you're not going to be ex- excited to see that. Not as excited to see Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle. No, I'm not. I'm not. I think the excitement for Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic is that matchup. But Keith Lee on his own, yeah, I'm excited for Keith Lee matches. I don't even call Dominic Dijakovic matches Dominic Dijakovic matches. You know, it's more about like if for instance, for this specific matchup that he's had, it's been two big guys who can do things that are amazing for their size. Right. But Dominic Dijakovic of those two, it's not as impressive as seeing Keith Lee as big as he is being able to do a moonsault. Right. Like we've seen other guys like Dominic Dijakovic. Again, I'll bring up Cesaro, who if you see them side by side, there is a similarity there between those two guys. And I don't want to just shit on Dominic Dijakovic and say, yeah, no, he's not great. That's not what I'm saying. But just in comparison, like Keith Lee, he again, he's over. 
I mean, it's it's there's there's something about a guy who's just like you see him. He's like, why is he doing flips? Why is he seem like a cruiserweight? You know, and for Dominic Dijakovic, you know, it's like it's been impressive because he's going up against Keith Lee. It's it's not so much that, you know, Dominic Dijakovic on his own, even before, you know, going against Keith Lee was even a thing. You know, Keith Lee was a thing on his own before this matchup with Dominic. But the other way around, you know, Dominic Dijakovic had some matches. It was cool, but it wasn't on the level of a Keith Lee. It just wasn't. That's just that's just reality. It's just facts there. So, again, I think for Dominic, sure, like there's ways that you can try to put like they're going to have to do some work with him. Like I want to know more about him personally. And I think this has helped him, but I don't think he's there yet. You know, if, if again, you separate them out from each other and you compare these matchups, you know, with an Adam Cole, with a Matt Riddle, with, a, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, with a Velveteen Dream, it's the Keith Lee side that I get way more excited about than the Dijakovic side. It's just it's just what it is. So I think for me, if I look at that and I say, OK, now I'm booking and I'm trying to put over both of these guys, which way do I feel like is, quote unquote, the safer way for both guys? Like, who can is more likely to be able to recover from a loss better? I would say it's Keith Lee over Dominic Dijakovic. Just my opinion. We can agree to disagree, but just my opinion on that is Keith Lee being so over and Dominic Dijakovic still needing a little bit of work, but has put in some great work overall. I would rather give Dominic Dijakovic that win to help establish him even more to try to maybe help him close that gap that I that I feel like I'm seeing. Whereas Keith Lee. Psh- this dude, he's he's there. He's got all the tools. He's got the charisma, you know. And I and I and again, as I'm saying it, I know you're thinking to yourself, that's why he should win. I get it. But for me, I'm looking at it more of both of these guys. I want to push them both to the top. So the person that needs that win more, who maybe is not does not have that complete star set up for him, like he's not officially officially a star yet to me. Let's give him the win to help try to boost him up. And Keith Lee, who I already see in my eyes as a star, it's like he can eat that loss. And he's so over with these fans. No more reason why he needs to win because you need to build stars. And he needs to be another cornerstone of NXT for this, you know, for this new era. I just think so again with with that because again i don't want to spend because we're spending a lot of time on on this one so i want to move on but you know real quick look let's go with your your version of this and say that keith lee wins and we've got a loss for dominic dajakovic what do you do next then you have him like you you have a redemption story perfect way to uh get him back on that on on that road man and you can use that you can use that uh rivalry as a chip on his shoulder as the driving force there you go but you say redemption story I, i'm still not seeing it like what do you what do you mean redemption story like you know now he's just he, he, he lost in the rubber match you know to his rival so it'll be a redemption how do, how do you redeem your how you re- redeem from but that who is he like who is that next person that you see him redeeming himself you know against like what where what do you see what matchups do you see for him that he can use to redeem himself it could be anybody man it could be uh shane thorne uh, uh, just the start of it, you could just have you know matches building to another big match. I don't know, maybe to Matt to a Matt Riddle to see what where that happens or lead him to. Uh, you never know, a Johnny Gargano. You never know. So yeah, see for me, the momentum that you have right now for both of them, 
if you have him lose, you set him back. You do. I mean, you do you see it that way that you you are setting Dominic Dijakovic back by having him lose the matchup? No, uh, not 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 if with this. Lee, if, if it not 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 when it comes to Keith Lee, because this is this is more than a match. This is this is a, a rivalry, and he came out on top as well. It's not like he's been losing. So by that he's logic, been, but by that logic, because if you don't see it setting Dominic Dijakovic back. Why do you see it setting Keith Lee back? Because he's the star. That's why. And he shouldn't lose. That, but that, he's the star. Wait, you said he, it. He's the star. So, so Dominic Dijakovic, it doesn't set him back to lose this matchup. So you think no, he's going to keep his momentum because it's such a five-star matchup. But then Keith Lee puts on a five-star matchup and it sets him back? It does, man. It does. Because he, he's the one, he's the star. He's the one that I think everybody would think that he's going to come out on top. And if he loses, then, you know, where do you go from here? Like, I, I think then he's, he, he does take a step back. But that's like, okay, so just to do a comparison here, when Adam Cole lost to Johnny Gargano, right? Like, John, so in your opinion, Adam Cole should have won that first matchup because it was just oh, time. Yeah. He was ready, right? And we see what happened from there. Like, Adam, yeah, based on the storytelling. But yeah. so Adam Cole, being as popular as he is, he did not lose a step. He didn't. That's just what it was. Like he was able mm-hmm. to recover from that loss because he's Adam Cole. You know, so that type of loss for him in a five-star matchup, you know, being that superstar, losing the NXT, and this is for the NXT championship, he went right back to fighting for the NXT championship again because the crowd is still 100% behind him. So, yeah, but but you got to look at Keith Lee is like, I think if he wins, this puts him on the road to an opportunity. If he loses, then he, he backtracks. From that opportunity, when when he's going to get a ne- next opportunity to be on the road to a championship, like North American at least. But he's not on the okay. So so right now the way it's set up because we we are are aren't really getting to the the rest of this show, which kind of illuminated what um, <laughs> just to, just kind of to to bring that up a little bit. We know that there's going to be a rematch with um, uh, Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong, right? That's, yep. that's the next matchup. And we know that uh, Adam Cole has got some competitors in in potentially Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. So that's already kind of there. So in terms of the road to uh, one of the championships, those guys are already busy. They've already got their work cut. You know, their their opponents potentially set for them. So for Keith Lee, even if he wins this matchup, that doesn't mean that like at, at uh, War Games – He's getting ready to go up against Adam Cole or he's getting ready to go up against uh, uh, Roderick Strong immediately. Like we have we we have no idea when that's going to happen. It doesn't feel like that's happening anytime soon. So just in terms of yeah, I don't say I don't say it's going to make it like right away, but it does put him in that talk now. Like if he wins, then you're saying like, all right, he's in that talk that he deserves an opportunity. Yeah, I just because, again, you brought up a great point when we talked about the potential 
heel turn for Keith Lee and how they could use this losing streak that he was on to help propel him and kind of almost even tweak his character a little bit. And there's just so many ways you can go with the Keith Lee character that I think anything for him will work in order to make him continue to be relevant on NXT. I don't think he loses any relevancy with a loss. I don't. I just I just don't. Um, for for Dominic Dijakovic, I think that's more of an uphill battle because he's not more established. So what we have here is a difference of 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 opinion when it comes to. I say it's better to go up than go down. Like you know, you know, because Keith he's already a star, so he loses, he's go down. But you it's have, nowhere. It's, you have to have for, stars like like events because look at one one way or another. If you like again, I'm going to use the Adam Cole reference because with that one, you had a star in a championship matchup lose, and what happened? He ended up getting another opportunity because he's a star, and the fans are not like it. it he's he's so over that Triple H can say, "Hey, Adam Cole." Even in a loss, they could have said, "Hey, you know what, Adam? No." You're not getting an opportunity. This sets you back. You're at the back of the line. We're going to put somebody else here. But they didn't. You know, they went right back to Adam Cole because he's a star. So I feel like with Keith Lee, you know, it's I, I'm having a hard time understanding why you differentiate the two between two stars who, again, on a bigger level. Probably because Adam Cole is a star with, uh, you know, part of a championship story and Keith Lee is not. But he'd be, he lost that championship opportunity. So how is and you to your point too at that time you thought he was done you said you couldn't you know take him seriously anymore like that kind of crushed the under because it, it you know because how the match was told it just made to me it was just silly how all the times Johnny Gargano was kicking out all them damn finishers and he didn't and he didn't lose to me that's how that's how I saw it that's why mm-hmm. so, but it didn't set him back even with with you seeing it that way. Oh, at the time, yeah, but as we go on, no, it didn't. So, I guess we we should we'll 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 cap this on that. But I'm just I, I guess I'm thinking like with that kind of thing with a star again in a loss. If you have a well established person lose a matchup, you can still look great in a lot. Like to me, my perspective of it was for Adam Cole losing that matchup. It, it doesn't hurt him because, one, I mean, like, he's such a star and people were so behind him that him losing that matchup, all people are going to do now is look for the rematch, right? They're going to look for that next big matchup for him because he's so over. And that's just how yeah. I feel about certain people who are established in that way. I don't feel like Dominic Dijakovic is that kind of guy who people are going to be like, oh, I'm ready to see the next Dominic Dijakovic matchup. It's been more about the matchup with Keith Lee specifically that has been getting getting people excited for this this whole matchup for him. So for him, I feel like you set him back more by not having him continue to win. Now, to your point, let's say they do it because they could. They could decide to go with Keith Lee winning this matchup. Now you're going to have to put more time, more effort into trying to establish establish Dominic Dijakovic. If that's what it would take for them. Let, to let's see, because I, I think I don't, I don't think it would be you know, you have to put more. I think the, the story is right there to help him. It, you know, it could be that chip on his shoulder, that how he lost in a, in a to his rival, because that's how he put it in the promo. Yeah, I, I and again, I, I, you know, for me, I see it as it, it would be tough because it's been the Keith Lee part of it that's kept him relevant. 
it's it's really been nothing else that Dominic Dijakovic has done in NXT has mattered until this point. Period. There's there's been nothing, you know, putting it bluntly for him. You know, as great as a, an athlete he is, he had not done anything that anyone cared about until he started going against Keith Lee. When Keith Lee showed up from day one, people were excited. You know, when I think it was the NXT Takeover Chicago that he showed up in the crowd and everybody was all going nuts. And then every match he's had, because again, his size and what he does in the ring, it's like Keith Lee. Oh my God. So for me, you know, Dijakovic after this, it's like, it, it's, it's dangerous for him because it's so far, he, the only thing that he has done that has worked, that has clicked with this crowd has been his matches with Keith Lee. So again, I think a win kind of helps push him up and say, okay. So if you say that, why does he need to win then? So, so if he wins, then win. what? Then what? Because then he's won. He's beaten Keith Lee. <laughs> he's beaten Keith Lee. So that's a way. That's a not. You his- you're not going to be excited to see him with other wrestlers. So if he wins, if he, he wins. Faces- now you've got a. Now you have a a serious win on his record, and he's gone over Keith Lee, and so he can use that. He can use that and say, "Yeah, I'm the guy who beat Keith Lee." Has gone over Keith Lee. He, he he beat him twice already. But we're talking about now a series of matches that now he's beaten Keith Lee. He's gone over Keith Lee. If Keith Lee beats him, he's better than Dominic Dijakovic. Cool. If Dominic Dijakovic goes over Keith Lee, the super the star that we're talking about, it's something that he can use to help elevate him as a character. Like he can start even saying that I'm the man who beat Keith Lee, and everybody has to eat that and say, "Yep, we saw it. He beat." Keith Lee. Nah, man. Keith Lee needs to win because that's part of his story. We'll and, move on. And this is this will be a good debate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's part of his story, and he's the star, and this will solidify him too for, for you know taking care of his rival. I think the only way because the only way I was able to 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 because I feel like this is very in a way it's different but similar to the to the Adam Cole undisputed era debate <laughs> post the Johnny Gargano uh, Adam Cole matchup. And we had a similar conversation where you were really not saying how this was going to work for, for them post that. And now you've come around to that. So cool. So I think what needs to happen is Keith Lee needs to win. And then we need to just see how they do Dominic Dijakovic so that we can be on the same page with how this goes. Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not feeling Dominic Dijakovic and a loss and just seeing like, them try to build him up like again he he doesn't have anything to his name to to say like hey you know this is my big thing that i did other than facing off against keith lee and so we'll see what happens post this um it's gonna be a really interesting matchup if he wins cool then it is what it is if he loses i'm almost more interested in seeing him lose and see what happens there just to see even your reaction to Dominic Dijakovic going forward and what that would happen. So, uh, yeah, now I'm rooting even more so for that. I won't even predict that just so we can see that happen because it is what it is, man. I think you just need to see it in order to see what I'm what I'm picturing in my head, because I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't see what you see when it comes to how this could work for them. But that's fine. We can agree to disagree. There's there's no problem there. That's all right, man. You know. Because <laughs> I know Keith Lee is going over. Okay, all right, all right, and as, hey, that's fun. That's I'm, I said I'm rooting for Keith Lee. That's that's my guy. You know, I'm I'm putting a Booker hat on just to say how it would help both guys. But you know, again, we could just disagree to disagree. So, agree so, to disagree. So, let me ask you this: Is what about a same situation with Pete Dunn and Damian Priest? <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want Damian Priest done. So I don't really care. Damn. At this point, Pete Dunn beating Damian Priest and Damian Priest just being done and finished. Cool. I'm fine Doesn't with that. Damian Priest need to win though? I'm not trying to build Damian Priest. I want to build Dominic Dijakovic. So that's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Okay. So so playing devil devil's advocate. Let's say I was trying to build up Damian Priest. Sure. Yeah. Damian Priest. Then give him the win if you're trying to build him up, make him look strong against Pete Dunn, an established guy. That way that'll help elevate him to that level. Because what they're trying to do is say, oh, Damian Priest is on a Pete Dunn type of level if he can beat a guy like Pete Dunn. Like that's the whole reason you would challenge someone. Like in like let's say, you know, I've been using UFC references a lot recently, but you know, um that that people will call out certain fighters in UFC because they see that ranking. They see that guy is ranked, you know, top five and they're not ranked. So then they want to go and challenge that top five guy so that they can be in that top five conversation. So that's what this is kind of like. Damian Priest sees Pete Dunn as like he's a top five wrestler in the NXT. So if I beat Pete Dunn, that puts me there. So that's what he would need to elevate himself. If he loses, he kind of goes backwards a little bit in his in his mind, probably. So, you know, that again, as now from a booker standpoint, yeah, if I'm really invested in, in Damian Priest, sure, that's what I would do. Now, me, I am not a fan of Damian Priest. I think he's overrated. I think the way they've been booking him has been way too strong. The fact that he beat Keith Lee and he hasn't proven anything to me, he's not on on a on a Dominic Dijakovic level. That match they had was not on on the level of those two guys. So it, it, to me, it was just not a good win for him to get over uh, Keith Lee because he just doesn't show up good in the ring, you know. But for Dominic Dijakovic, that dude looks awesome in the ring. It's just the problem is the only thing that he had done of that again of note was face Keith Lee. So that's why I keep saying, I think putting, giving him that win because he's shown he can hang with Keith Lee, give him that win to be able to boost him up. But anyway, again, just to play devil's advocate, sure. That would be what I would be trying to do. If I'm trying to build up Damian priest is have him beat uh, a Pete Dunn. But to me, he hasn't shown that he deserves that, that he would do well with that. And I, I just, I wouldn't do it because I'm not interested in building up a guy who I don't feel like really deserves to be on that level with Pete Dunn yet. He still has a lot of work to do in my opinion. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on, on that. If we were discussing, you know, Oh yeah. Star power. I think <laughs> my, my, the, the logic for me stays the same. If I'm trying to build somebody up. Yeah. You have them get that win over the more established person over the, the star to try to build up a new star. You know, that's what I see. You know, and for the guy who's already established, like, it doesn't hurt him to lose. It's like, you know, I hate to bring up the the main, the WWE or Raw and SmackDown roster guys, but Roman Reigns, like, I feel like there's a lot more losses that man should have taken to help establish other people, you know, just to put over new new stars. But Roman Reigns keeps beating all of these people, and it's like they 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 aren't able to create new, new stars. You know, yeah. Seth Rollins is kind of in a similar boat where they just keep having Seth Rollins beat Braun Strowman and other people. It's like, what are we, what are you, what are you guys doing? You know, like, so that's just, that's just the logic that I have with it. You know, from a Booker standpoint, you have them, you have, it's, it's like what we talked about with AEW, you know, with um, the Young Bucks and, um, and uh, uh, Private Party. Like, Private Party yeah. beat that established team. You could have had did. Um, um, the Young Bucks win because they're the top guys, and sure, but they don't need it because they're they're already established. People are, yeah, you know, no. It was the vets, yeah. and it was, and these were the newcomers right here. Exactly. So 
put over the young guys, and that helps to establish and build up some new stars. So, you know, that, that's just the way I see it. So that wouldn't change. If I wanted to build up Damian Priest, sure, that's what I would do. But I, I'm not interested in that. All right, all right. But even though uh, Dominic was in NXT longer than than Keith Lee, right? He's he, Well, what has he done, though? Like, what matches – can you name – another Dominic Dijakovic matchup that you said, oh, yeah, wow, this was great. Can <laughs> <laughs> you do it? The time that he's been in, in NXT is irrelevant if the time, the time he didn't do anything of relevance, you know? Like, it doesn't really even matter that he was there longer. Like, Keith Lee did more in less time. That speaks more to the point that Keith Lee is just there with the crowd and just over in a way that Dominic Dijakovic has never been without Keith Lee helping him. I'm saying that's all the more reason why Keith Lee is going over. <laughs> all right, let's let's move on to the next matchup just to finish up. <laughs> all right, again, we could be on this forever. Um, Cameron Grimes and Boa. This was a flash uh, knockout type of situation here. It was. Uh, Cameron Grimes did his double foot stomp that you love so much. Favorite finisher of Devin's. No man, no, no, no. Let's 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 get that right. Let's correct that. No, it's not sarcastically, of course. Right, right. Not the double stomp. You know, um, we had Kofi use it, but no. Uh, uh, immediately, uh, right before the double foot stomp, Killing Dane had came into the the arena, uh, walked right to the ramp, and the uh, Cameron Grimes kind of used that distraction to to get the double foot stomp flash win on Boa. Um, it was kind of strange how it all happened too. Just like he just just started walking towards the ring, and I don't know. It 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 felt it was cool, but it felt a little bit off at the same time because he it was almost like off camera it was happening, and then they quickly cut to a camera that showed what where Killian was. Um, so I just thought that was a little bit awkward in the way that they they cut from camera to camera. Um, but the match was over quickly, and then and then uh, Killian Dan went right. To Boa, just you know, rushed him in the ring, did a couple of Vader bombs, dragged him to the announce table, uh, threw him on it, and then you know, kind of told the announce team like, "Hey, this is just the beginning," and uh, yeah, just kind of putting everybody on notice, I guess, that this is this is the beginning of of more violence and destruction coming from him. Uh, so, what was your take on this this whole situation? I thought it was cool from uh, Killian Dame, man. You know, just coming in, making a making a name for himself. Just like, hey, I'm just putting everybody on notice, you know. And then Cameron Grains using that as a distraction, even before he uh, Killian Dame started laying waste. So I thought I thought that was cool. Kind of pointed, not even pointed. He did point to distract Bowen and then got the quick uh finish and you know but he got the hell out of there and just and then killing Dane just started laying waste the ball and just setting the stage yeah like just again just putting everybody on notice with the with the domination of boa um so again i think it was it's it's cool for for killing dane to uh just just continue to show how vicious of a guy that he can be um, and yeah, I want to see more of him. I'm a fan of Killian Danes now Pat, since the Matt Riddle matchup that he had with him. Uh, so we'll see where we go from there with him. Uh, next up was a matchup between Roderick Strong and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, yeah. Real nice seeing Swerve back. And man, is this man over with the crowd. Like the, yes. the crowd is just, I mean, they're whose house? Swerve's house. Like just giving those chants. I thought it was awesome. 
yes. um, you know, really a fan of Swerve. So, and I know you are too. So, why don't you give us your thoughts on this matchup and how it went? First of all, there's I haven't seen it yet, but there's a special on him on Viceland on the Viceland Network, mm. uh, talking about being a being an indie wrestler. So, when I first heard about uh, Swerve joining NXT, I was kind of shocked because he was just talking about you know. Uh, the reasons why he enjoyed the indie scene, you know, he, he makes money, he makes, you know, money, makes good amount of money. So for, from that aspect, I was just kind of shocked from him seeing, seeing him being part of a, a brick promotion like WWE NXT. So, yeah. So I'll just put it out there. There's a special out there. Go see it. Uh, how they basically frame it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of similar to, cause I saw like a short preview. It's kind of similar to, uh, What's that other wrestling show? Uh, the Dark Side of Wrestling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of framed in that way. So that's, you know, make it kind of, you know, just unscripted. So it's it's kind of cool. Nice, nice. Um, so, yeah, just um, the matchup itself. Uh, Swerve is a very, man, how do I even describe his style? He's, he's very smooth with his wrestling, um, very natural. Um, he uses um, very, uh, like, athletic uh, like flips and 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 quick strikes in his move set, um, a lot of like uh, over the top rope and and flips using the rope, and yep. it's just like I don't know. Watching him, I'm like, man, this guy has a move set for days. Like if this was one of those wrestling video games, like it would be a lot of fun playing with with Swerve Scott because he's just got so many damn moves. Um, so just really fun to watch him. And of course with Roddy, you know what you're gonna get. It's the backbreakers. Um, and he used that to his advantage in this matchup too. Uh, but the matchup went really long, I thought, in a good way. Um, gave Swerve a lot of respect overall. Um, it seemed like they, the announce team was trying to get it across to you that maybe Roddy had taken him for granted because Swerve took him to his limit. Um, he did. Even the Undisputed Era had to show up for a little bit because they were kind of nervous that maybe Roddy was <laughs> and, and, and breaking the the – the 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 prophecy basically for the end of the yeah era. they was out there cheering him on man but they look concerned they're like what what happened and then come on Roddy get up Roddy <laughs> so I thought that was cool like just seeing them together like like rallying around each other and trying to make sure that uh, whoever is in the ring trying to defend their titles that they would uh, come out on top or at least you know so that they would be there to support them so that was that was a cool visual um, that did uh, distract Swerve a little bit um, which which led to Roddy taking advantage um, hitting his finisher and eventually getting the win there um, now the post matchup uh, antics were about as entertaining <laughs> as the match itself um, this was this was really interesting. So actually, why don't, why don't you go through this, man, with the Undisputed Era and what happened after the match? So, you know, Undisputed is in the ring celebrating, and then all of a sudden, lights go off, and spotlight is on, on Undisputed. But you see Valentine, you see the, uh, see the dream, Valentine dream. You know, he's on the platform right above, I want to say right above commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to NXT? So where where Undisputed was when it came out? I think the first episode was it a second episode? Second episode, second come out, yeah, yeah. And it was showing all their uh, gold right there. So right there at the podium, and it was just cool, and because he's talking about you know challenging the dream, challenging Roderick, and and he, he and he's going over how uh, 
you know, how basically uh, you're, you're good and would you like to experience one more time? And he puts this certain picture up that Roderick posed with the belt, just him, on it, laying on the couch. I guess he's nude, you know, can't tell, but all you see is the belt. That's mm-hmm. it. He's just wearing a belt, and that's it with some shades. Looking looking cool, mm-hmm. I guess. And then the dream removes the title. Snaps his fingers. <laughs> snaps his fingers. The title. Remove the title. And all of a sudden, it's covering up. Uh, this sensor is covering up like a very small area, alluding to the fact that maybe he has a small package. Or nothing. So everybody's. Cause yeah, 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 or nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looked like it was like there's nothing there. Crowd was eating it up. Oh my god, Roderick is pissed off. Uh, undisputed. Adam Cole is telling him to calm down, <laughs> like relax, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> it was, it, it it was definitely, definitely a, a crazy uh, segment, man. I couldn't believe what what they were showing. To be honest with you, I was, I, I, I was. When when he snapped his fingers and that title disappeared around his crotch and you just literally saw nothing, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it was just it, the editing on the picture too was just so crazy because again they 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 photoshopped his his you know the the groin area basically to where it was censored, but the the area that was censored was so small that literally yeah. it just looked like there was just there was nothing there, and it, uh, Roddy sold it perfectly. He was pissed, like yeah, he was fuming. like you, like what the hell are you, you like? I'm looking at his face. Like, what the hell is this? He, yeah, I'm looking yeah, at it too. Just he dropped the title and just is yelling like, "What you son of a, you know?" Just like, who do you think you are? And like you said, they're holding him back. Like, calm down. And he's like, just. <laughs> oh my god, so pissed off. So just a great, great, like entertaining moment. And yeah. right after that, with no pause or anything, um uh Tommaso Ciampa's music hits and he walks down to the to down the, the rampway and he sat at the stage and he has the crutch, uh camouflage crutch matching his camouflage pants. So that's kind of his thing now, is just to have that as a weapon. He's been using yeah. that ever since his feud with Johnny Gargano. Um so he walks down. And I think he grabs a, a chair on his way to to the ring as well. And so oh, he, he goes in, and the Undisputed Era kind of scatter. Like, they want no part of Tommaso Ciampa in this state. You know, the I think the crowd was singing the song to, no one will survive. And just everybody's vibing with Tommaso Ciampa at this point. And he's just looking swole as hell. So, yeah, they just back up. He sets the, the chair in the middle of the ring. Um, and he's looking at at Goldie the whole time. Yeah. He's, his eyes are yeah. just just locked in on Goldie, and he's like, "Goldie, Daddy's home," or he said, "Daddy's coming home," or something like that. And oh, he said, "Daddy's home." Daddy's home. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Mic drop. Just perfect. I'm like, man, Tommaso Ciampa. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Welcome back. It was so awesome. Um, now follow that up in the back. Who was uh, Angel Garza? Uh, yeah, was in the back, um, kind of cursing out uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Right, he's talking to him. Or he's saying something, you know. And there was a the interviewer. I forget her name. 
Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly, thank you. Uh, yeah. She was back there too, getting ready to to interview Tommaso Ciampa, but you know, Angel Garza is yelling at him, whatever. And then Tommaso Ciampa just kind of he doesn't even really look at him, but he just all of a sudden decks uh, Angel Garza and then throws him into a locker room area or whatever. And he's just gone. And Kathy Kelly goes, "What? What did he say?" And Tommaso Ciampa looks at her and goes. I have no idea. He just <laughs> walks off and the crowd is laughing and they just ate it all up. Oh yeah. man, such a great moment. Tommaso Ciampa, I'm I'm so happy to have this man back. Like he's he's so awesome. I love Johnny Gargano. He's still, you know, my favorite guy to watch in, in NXT in terms of just like being the heart and soul. Like I really do like just just enjoy watching Johnny, but damn, Tommaso Ciampa, he's the man. He's the man. Like he's he is, he is that dude. I just love this man. So uh, so he's a face now, right? He's a face. Killer. Yeah, he's a face. He's a face. By virtue of, you know, where Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era are right now, the yeah. fact that they have Goldie, yes, he's the face in this situation. Yep. So let me ask you this, man. I, they didn't, I thought maybe Finn Balor would have came out too. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. Do you do you think Finn Balor is going to be added to this mix or are they going to keep it strictly between Tommaso and Adam Cole. It seems like, yeah, for for now, it's going to be Ciampa and Adam Cole and maybe leading all the way up to war games. They're going to start with that. And then, um, you know, Finn Balor probably comes into this later on, which kind of makes me think that <clears throat> regardless, it's going to be a one-on-one match with, uh, with Adam Cole at some point, um, whether it be for the title or not. You know, I think that that is really what they're what they're setting up. Um, so I, I wonder if Tommaso Champ is actually going to beat Adam Cole or if he's going to lose. And then they're going to move from, you know, Adam Cole, Champa to Adam Cole and Balor. Uh, mm. So I, I'm, I'm not sure which way they're going to go with that. Um, I, I'm wanting to see what happens in the upcoming weeks to see how they build up Champa to see if they're, you know, maybe leaning towards having him have the belt and having, you know, uh, Adam Cole have a, 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 a separate feud. But if if you, you made me choose right now what I think is going to happen, I think yeah. Adam Cole, Finn Balor, one-on-one for the title, and Finn Balor is the person that beats Adam Cole for the belt and ends the, the reign um, and Champa, you know, maybe gets close, but the numbers game or whatever it may be, I think Adam Cole overcomes that and beats Tommaso Champa when they eventually fight for for the title uh, upcoming. Um, a triple threat match, I think, kind of, I, I I think triple threat matches are fun, but I think it would kind of lessen the 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 feeling of the feud between each of these guys with Adam Cole one on one. So I kind of don't want that, even though it would be fun. Um, so what do Finn Balor do now then if if Adam Cole and Tommaso are going to be doing their own thing? Great question. That's a great question. I, and I'm, I'm not sure it's, it, they would. he would have to fight somebody else um, unless they're going to hold off on his debut until after their feud is over, which, you know, maybe they go that route. But I want to see Finn Balor now. So I'm hoping. No, man. Like, like, you saw how they presented. He yeah. came out during Adam Cole yeah. staying in front of him and told, every, and told everybody, you know, Finn Balor's back with NXT. Yeah, but maybe it's like they just want to, like, hold off and make his first matchup and his true, true return be be bigger by holding him off while Ciampa is in that championship mix. So because, again, I don't see – both of them being mixed in against Adam Cole right away, but they might, they might end up doing that. You know, maybe it is a triple threat. I just kind of want to see 
Ciampa yeah. and Cole one on one first, and then have Chomp, um, Adam Cole and Finn Balor one on one. And I want that and then Balor takes the yeah that belt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I see. Man, yeah. Mm. What do you yeah. what do you think? Uh well, ho- well, I-, I don't want Finn Balor to take the belt off. Adam. I have to say that. What? You know, oh, I'm, oh, hey, I'm biased towards. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I'm biased towards Adam Cole, oh, just like I am God. towards AJ Styles. He gets the same love and respect. What? All right, because Adam Cole is that dude. He is the face of NXT. I don't care how good looking Finn Balor is, what type of six pack you got. You're not gonna come in Adam Cole's house and just, oh you know, just say, "Hey, I'm back. It's I'm back. Rational. Yeah, I'm about to get get NXT championship. I'm about to take that belt off you. That's not gonna happen." Analyze it. Cole's watch. This is this is no. Take take all that out of it and just analyze it. What do you think is gonna happen? I I hear your bias, but <laughs> take it out of it for a second and just. Legit Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. You really don't see that happening. Like, no, Finn Balor. No, I think under why? Why? How come Adam Cole can't can't win by heel tactics? The numbers game. Of course he can win. I believe that. I think he'll outsmart him. Adam Cole is pretty smart in the ring too. So let let me ask you this: How do you see? What do you see as an acceptable loss for Adam Cole? Uh, it it would have to be heel tactics. What, a loss for Adam Cole. Oh, you're talking about for a loss? Yeah. Oh, for a loss, huh? A loss. Well, it, it's. It, I wouldn't even think it's bad for him to actually lose against Finn Balor. Okay. I'll say that because Finn Balor's just a mega star. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. I just needed to ask that question because, uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you, you, this, this, is, this is not like Dominic and Keith Lee. No, no. <laughs> all right. so so with okay i mean with this basically like i said that's that's the person that i see ending that that run for adam cole um you know and and hopefully that too is a feud that goes back and forth for a while you know i want to see that happen i mean and what could happen is the first time that they face off against each other if finn balor's already had some matches i could see adam cole winning that first matchup and then he brings the demon for the second matchup that could happen um, you know, which would be nice because then you'd have Adam Cole actually beating Finn Balor, maybe again through heel tactics, and he's cheating. He's like, okay, you're gonna bring the numbers, you're gonna use your, you know, you, you know, cheat, or you know, you're not gonna be one on one. Fine, then I'm gonna take it to another level, use the demon, and then the undisputed era can't overcome that. Done. Then he 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 wins that way. I mean, that could be it too. Okay, all right, cool, man. That sounds good. I think, I, I think you know. It's just an exciting time for Finn Balor to be back in NXT because if they're going to use a demon, they'll know how to use it well this time. Yeah. They'll actually use it. I mean, that's really the first part. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. They'll actually use the demon. Actually use it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It'll be nice. It'll be nice to see the demon come back. All right. So let's keep moving through this. Um, We've got Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai. They had a matchup. Uh, this was, I think, Dakota Kai's second matchup since coming back from injury. Um, second or third? I think it's the second. But, um, yeah, Bianca Belair and her. Yeah, it's um, Bianca Belair was real cocky, had a cocky pin during the matchup. Yep. Just, you know, she wasn't really taking her seriously. At least that was the story that they were telling. Right, not at first. Right. Yep. But then, you know, a couple kicks later from the <laughs> <laughs> itself, uh, Dakota Kai, and it, it got a little bit more serious. 
Um, at the end, Bianca Belair did come out on top and get the victory here, but there was, you know, a, a sense that, yeah, she, she, uh, started maybe gaining a little bit of respect for what, what uh, Dakota Kai was doing to her and just took her a little yeah. seriously. So good matchup overall for, for both of them. Uh, at the end, she had some words for uh, Shayna Baszler and for Rhea Ripley, you know, saying she had heard what Rhea Ripley said, but what makes her think that she's um, the next one in line for a championship? If anyone's going to get a shot, it's going to be her. So kind of putting both Rhea Ripley and uh, Shayna Baszler on notice, uh, sort of setting up a matchup between her and Rhea Ripley in the in the meantime, probably is what's probably going to be uh, next up for for those two women, which will be fun as hell. Yep, you talking about two strong women? Yeah, that's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited yeah. to see that. I mean, Rhea Ripley's gonna win, but you know, oh yeah, yeah. But this is the type of test that she needs. You know, the type of show that she needs to like. All right, yeah, nobody's on Rhea Ripley's level. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what what happens to Bianca Belair in that situation? Because man, she's she's eating some some L's here. So what? I don't know. What do you foresee for for her going forward, man? Because I'm just not. I think she might get pulled up. Okay. And be and be with the street profits because I know how they like to keep. Because uh, yeah. obviously Montez Ford and Bianca Belair they're married. Yep. And I know that how to. I know how they like to keep married couples together. So I believe she'll be called up to Monday Night Raw. I hope so. I think that just makes sense. I think yeah. the time on NXT is is coming to an end. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, I, I get that feeling. Yeah. As much as I enjoy her on NXT now, and I, that wasn't always the case. I wasn't always the biggest Bianca Belair fan, but she's definitely won me over. And now, you know, it's like she, after that that second matchup with Shayna, I was kind of like, all right, this this is this is over. I can't, you, you, you tapped out, you, you passed out you know there's nothing i mean once you lose by submission back-to-back matches it's kind of like yeah that's it you know and they put her in that fatal four-way she didn't win that one either so it's just no, it's, she time. Didn't. it's time um so yeah i think that's a good call her uh going to raw with her husband street profits makes a whole lot of sense after that matchup with with rear ripley that's hopefully that's the route they go oh i think so man i think it needs to be the right one yeah yeah let's just let's just make that happen All right, we're at the main event. Man, crazy, crazy main event this was. Walter versus Kushida, undefeated versus undefeated. One, uh, what did did Morrow say? One uh, undefeated, one, someone's O must go, like something, something like that. That's what he just kept saying throughout the night, referring to the both of them, that both of their zeros in the loss column, one of them had to go being undefeated. Um, so, and, and it kind of, I like the fact that he kept saying that just building up the fact that, wow, we are going to see one of these undefeated wrestlers lose that, that moniker of being able to say that they're undefeated. Um, and I didn't want to see it end for either one of these guys, man. It was a really tough, uh, thing to watch, you know, no it had to come, it had to come yeah. to this. This yeah. is where we was at. There could be only one. This is pay-per-view level here, right here, man. This is it pay-per-view was. level. It so, was. Yeah, I, I, it was, bro. Just really enjoyed the the buildup and the match itself. But yeah, go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts on the matchup and how it went. Now I'll let you, man, because it seems like you're excited to talk about this. Well, just so in general, because you know, play by play wise, I mean, it's tough. There's so many moves that happen in the matchup, but a lot of back and forth action. I mean, I really enjoyed the the technical aspects of it. There was one 
uh, slip by Kushida on the top rope, which I think they used well because oh, uh, yes. it, it was like, okay, this this mistake, it was real. But uh, Walter hit him with a big boot right away, and it seemed like that's when the tide turned for Walter a little bit more to lead towards him. Uh, they even replayed it too. They replayed it and showed it, and it was just like a smart way to use the, the quote-unquote botch. Um, it just felt like, yeah, Koshida maybe was about to pull off a big top rope move. Um, and then when he slipped, like that gave Walter an advantage and Walter immediately just kicked him. So just the professionalism from both guys to just use a mistake and incorporate that in the story they're telling in the ring, I thought was really smart by both guys. Um, Walter's chops. I mean, we just come to <laughs> fear them and that sound and everything. And Koshida was eating them, man. Like he was, yes. he was taking them just, just. He's a man because you talked about it. You would not want to take one of those chops. I said, hell no, man. One, but Kushida, the chops are so important because shout out to the NXT crowd when they was just like, yeah, and then wow, yeah, man. They they man, it was it was loud. It was loud, and like I said, Kushida was was eating it. He was taking it. So you know, shout out to him. Shout out to both of these guys. Um, and yeah, there was a point I thought when, uh, Kushida got him in a submission towards the end, it looked like, like Walter had tapped, to be honest with you, yeah. tapped his back one time. And even, uh, Nigel McGinnis was like, Oh, he tapped, he tapped that. I even said that, man. I was like, did he just tap? Yeah. <laughs> like, Ooh, like that's on camera. Like I could yeah. make a case for Kushida that he actually yeah. did pull it off, but um, you know, the referee didn't, they, they didn't, they kept the match going. Um, and in the end, yeah, uh, there was a spot too. Walter looked like he was going to go for that splash that he used, uh, that he's been using to, to beat people with. And, you know, he didn't hit that. Um, yeah, just, just great back and forth action. But then in the end, Walter did come out the victor and, and beat Koshida. Um, man, just, just what a great matchup again, takeover level type stuff. Um, for me, one thing that did pop up. In my head is Walter has been having all of these match of the year type can, uh, candidate uh, 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 matches, basically. Um, another guy who has had many of match of the year candidates, Johnny Gargano. I want to see Johnny Gargano Walter. I need it. I need this to happen because that will be one of the greatest matches of all time. It just will be, at least for me. Like, I will enjoy it so much. So let, let me play. I got to ask this. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. So how many of these David and Goliath matches can you see from Walter? Oh, man, you could do this forever. I, I need it up. Can you? Yes. 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 I, 100%. I have not seen one that is that has made me like, oh, God, I'm tired of it. I'm not there. Okay. So I, okay. I, so I just have to go with yes. That I, I could keep watching it. Okay, and then you can see him. You can see Gargano taking the L from this. Yes. Okay. In a walk right. matchup, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, man. I I just got asked. Yeah, it, it's that he's he's, you know the the whole underdog thing and losing like that's part of Johnny's story too is another thing like that is a part of his story and the, the fans are with him and you know it, it it just works man with Johnny Gargano that losing but in a kind of glorious way you know just works for him you know it's um i don't know i just it, it's there's certain superstars that can look great in losses not everybody not everybody can i mean that that's just what it is but Johnny puts on five star matches 
And so for yeah. him, you know, against Walter, just the epic proportions that that match will be at. And for him to take an L from someone that everyone respects at that level. Yeah, it would work. It would work. Um, so anyway, I just had to throw that out there because that's I was thinking, man, this is another match that I would put there as like a potential match of the year candidate. And, you know, it was, I'm like, Johnny Gargano is another guy that I always say every time I see his matches, I'm thinking match of the year. Just the 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 dream matchup there for me now is a Walter versus Johnny Gargano matchup just to see what type of crazy stuff that they're going to pull. Um, but yeah, Kushida, man, shout out to him. He took the L, but I think he still looked great in this situation. He um, did. He did. He, he still looked tough. He he was a tough uh, wrestler in this uh, one. He's just taking them chops, coming back. It was one spot uh, that was outside the apron. He took two straight two straight chops and just kind of just kind of charged him up and then kept going for it. And that's when uh, Walter started. Uh, coming at him, he got out the way, and that's when Walter hit his shoulder against the pole, and uh, he followed up with Walter by drop kicking him off the apron, which was a great sequence right there. Yeah, there was also to the um, that top where he sets up the submission, his submission um, from the top rope where he grabs the his opponent's arm. They're both standing up there, and Kushida just goes straight, like jumps up, grabs his arm, and they do like this flip in the air and he, he they both fall on the on the mat but he but uh, Kushida has the like arm bar basically on yeah. Walter it, it's again with Walter being as big as he is flipping around I was scared for Walter like oh he's gonna get dropped on his head when he when they go <laughs> for this spot but you know they pulled it off from the crowd too I could feel like they were like all on the edge of their seat watching the spot you know unfold and yeah man just kudos to both of those guys for pulling off that like high level a high risk uh, move and landing it and taking that risk. So yeah, especially with again the earlier botch from Kushida where his leg just slipped a little bit. You know maybe there was some sweat on the ropes and it was just kind of like slick for him. Like then yeah. then do that spot after that slip. You know just shows a, a level of professionalism from both of those guys and and just that willingness to put their bodies on the line, man. That I just respect so much. So yeah, yeah. It, it was just fun, man. Both guys did great. Yeah, man, and definitely shout out to Walter again, man. He was just class act wrestler. On that's the reason why he's the ring general, man. Mm-hmm. That dude is money, bro. Like, yeah, I'll definitely like to see him uh, with uh, Johnny Gargano, man. That yeah. I'll I'll definitely love to see that Dave and Goliath match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, going forward, you know, even Pat, there's there's will be other matches that's not so much in terms of this David and Goliath storyline. Like, it'll it'll happen. But he's just so big. Like, it's kind of hard, you know, not to be in that matchup regardless of who you are. I mean, unless, and, you know, to just to bring both of these guys up, you know, like uh, Keith Lee or Dominic Dijakovic, like those guys in NXT right now are the two guys I can think of that size-wise maybe you can say it's not, you know, so much David and Goliath and that's in that sense from size. But I guess wrestling – uh, skill set wise, like maybe to that point, see, he, him being such a ring general, it's still kind of an advantage Walter in both of those matchups. Um, you know, but that might be one that you could do later on in the future to say, hey, we're going to give him someone that, you know, there's a different dynamic um, in terms of the size. So those are two guys that you could throw out there. Um, outside of them, man, I don't know. I think a lot of the guys in NXT, since they're they're over here on, the, on this brand now, um, they're just smaller than him. So I think we're going to be seeing more of these matches, and I'm cool with it. 
because they're just so great. I think when he does, when he has a bad match with one of these smaller guys, that's probably when you say, okay, you know that then then maybe we should try something different, or you know maybe Walter should move on to you know another brand, you know to to be able to go against bigger guys now. But for now, yeah, it's it's great. Not has not had a bad match since since debuting. I would like to see him with somebody of his height though, to see what he can do, or just you know bigger crowd, maybe maybe like a Killian Dane. Yeah, well, Killing Dan is still a little bit smaller than him, though. Even though they're like, yeah, like he's like, uh, you know, whiff wise, and he's more of a bruiser weight. Yeah, like a like a. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like he's a big guy. He's not a like a, all these guys that he's gone against. You could make an argument. Some of them could have been in two hundred five live, right? Yeah, in terms of yeah. size. So yeah, I get what you're saying there. That Killing Dan is more of a, a beast, like a bigger dude. Um, for him to go against it. He just wouldn't just ragdoll in some of these situations. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, but I definitely, I, I say this was a match of the night right here for me. Oh, yeah, hands down. Hands down. There's no argument there. You know, they were, this this was a fun, fun show overall. Um, you know, really enjoyed the opening with the Cruiserweight Championship matchup. Um, you know, Rhea Ripley just being a beast, like, love it. Um, you know, Cameron Grimes, that's not really a match. I'm not going to count that. Um, <laughs> swerve, swerve. You know, uh, and then your boy, man, Damian Priest, man, you know, putting oh, Pete no, Dunn on notice. You no, know, I know no, you I know you no, took pleasure in that. The reason why I didn't bring that up. You brought him up briefly. I, I, no, I'm not not touching that. Not putting him over. I want Pete Dunn to just beat him, and then we just don't see Damian Priest for a minute. That, that's my hope, but, you know, probably won't happen. Um what else? Yeah, all, all the matches that happened, we we had some solid ones, man. But Walter versus Kushida, there's there's no contest. That was like I said, it's a match of the year candidate for sure. You know, with those two guys, so that you know being matched tonight, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree better uh, more with that. It it was definitely matching tonight. Uh, but overall, I, I enjoyed the show, man. You know, from from beginning to end, uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, even uh, the Damian Priest, because I know it annoys you. <laughs> Him putting Pete down on notice. Ugh. Ugh. Can't. I just can't. I just can't do it, man. <laughs> One day. I, I hope I hope he, he, you know, can somehow win me. Not even to win me over, but to just, just show up big, you know, and actually look great in the ring and, and maybe earn some more respect overall. But yeah, no, I'm just not, I'm not there. You know, just to go back to Koshida a little bit. So that spot that I was talking about, it was almost like um, uh, an arm, it wasn't an arm bar, but not with his legs. It was more, um, oh, what is that move called? Shoot. Um, Kimura, that's what it was. He we did the Kimura to uh to Walter but he was also like stomping his like inner thigh on Walter's head to just like be even more brutal with him like the visual I'm seeing it right now like man it, it was that was a great visual and and like another side of Kushida like a more vicious side of Kushida that that we were seeing that you know like strong style in in uh Japan like you see that a lot more with guys uh like uh Shinsuke Nakamura and some matches that I've seen with him before and so this was that was a really cool moment for Kushida to see him kind of bring some of that out in his own wrestling. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up a little bit. Cause I just saw it. I'm like, damn, that was, that was brutal. <laughs> like, man, like I almost, you know, I, I just want to make sure I, I, I made some mention of that there, just to how brutal Kushida tried to get to in order to get this win over Walter. And that's how much it meant to him. 
Okay. Yeah, man. Dude, Kashida, man, I said last week, man, that dude's a star. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree, man. Just more. I want to see more of them. The Back to the Future thing is great. Yeah, let's just, just let's keep it going with, with both of these guys. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for NXT, unless you have any final thoughts, man. That's that's the end of our show. Uh, like I said, man, overall, I thought it was a great show. Uh, I got a kick uh, out of uh, Damian Priest talking about Pete Dunne, of course. Uh, the whole setting up the promo video from uh, Keith Lee and uh, Dominic setting up for next week. That should be fun. So I'm excited for next week's show as well. Yeah, I'm going to be watching Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic real close. And we're, that, that'll be an interesting debate going forward. It brought out a debate in us that, you know, I wasn't expecting, but it'll be nice to kind of watch that and pay attention to that, to how they go uh, from here, regardless of which guy wins or loses. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, yeah, just more with um, you know, the Undisputed Era and how they continue to try to retain these titles. Um, you know, what happens with between Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa with the championship chase. Um, as well as Velveteen Dream, and will he or won't he win the championship coming up? Because his matchup will be before uh, War Games, so that'll be interesting to see. I think that they said that's going to happen in two weeks, so that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, and just a great, great main event, another match of the year type candidate match by Walter. Uh, great showing by Koshida. So overall, great show. So happy to, to see this. And, uh, yeah, the Wednesday Night Wars, man, it continues on. So just having a lot of fun, just taking in a great night of wrestling on Wednesday nights. Uh, so, yeah, just awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our NXT recap. So for Devin, I'm feast. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.